0: in the morning when you want the news you need the front page every
1: hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news
2: tiger woods was involved in a single car accident yesterday morning uh he suffered serious leg injuries the uh Sheriff's Department said he is lucky to be alive, but he is alive and in stable condition. Um, But a pretty brutal story in the world of sports, the world of golf for Tiger Woods to be in that bad of an accident to where we have people saying he is lucky to be alive today.
0: Yeah, uh, supposedly on his way to film a a commercial that involved Drew Brees and some others. And uh, you read about this stretch of highway there where there's been a lot of accidents if you don't slow down and the reports are he was going at a high rate of speed uh initial reports were there were no substances involved that he was just speeding and yeah very very fortunate I mean brutal leg injury uh they released a statement his foundation or his agent released a statement last night with what the doctors had to do to to the leg with inserting a rod and pins and and you know you know a lot of things happen to the muscle in the leg so it sounds really really bad in terms of what the recovery is going to be to uh, just get back to normal. I mean, forget about golf at this point, he's lucky to be alive and it appears that um, it's going to be a long, long way back for him. By the way, did you read that statement and think, why
2: are they giving us this much information? Like, um, they, they went I, in, you, just, well,
0: you just went over it. They went into really specific detail yeah. about what was happening in his surgeries. I think I wonder also if and look, I mean, the minute this happened, Twitter went crazy with assumptions and with guessing and, you know, because of what happened last time, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving and the painkillers. And, you know, we know he's been arrested for being impaired before we've seen if you saw the documentary, you saw him in the holding cell. So I think if you're the agent and this was just him like, hey, he was speeding, he shouldn't have been, but nothing else was involved here. I think you'd be as transparent as possible at that point. You get it out and you don't want people saying, hey, it was both legs. Hey, it was this and his back and all that. That You've got to be transparent just to kind of calm what we saw across social media yesterday where it becomes a guessing game. And like we talked about, I know we're going to talk about Robin Leonard coming up. You don't want to be the one guessing on things if you don't really know. That, that's really irresponsible. So maybe that's why Steinberg felt we better get something out and tell him what happened
2: man you know that's a great question oscar dance has been reassigned to the silver knights sounds like he's actually gonna play in some games for the first time and what has he gone over a year since he played in a game i think ben or, told us march right Is march march okay so he's yeah. not quite gonna make it a full yeah. 12 months without playing a yeah. game um but
0: he's going back to the silver knights does that mean robin Leonard is coming back yeah that was interesting you know, i was talking to our beat writers yesterday so i didn't know it was going to be wednesday friday and that's what um that's what the silver knights announced in their availabilities and do wednesday friday at first the assumption might have been hey they'll play him wednesday to get him in a game and then he'll be back as they'll back backup on thursday when they play san jose but if he's playing wednesday and friday we'll see today where they have the availability obviously after practice I guess at this point, I'd be surprised that Leonard's not back. I don't know if you'd say for sure he's playing Wednesday and Friday with the Silver Knights and they would fly him up to be backup. Maybe, maybe not. But once they went to two games, then I think people thought, okay, this is probably a good sign for Leonard. The
2: the other part of the whole goalie situation this year is that NHL teams are required to have a third goalie, whether they're on the active roster or on the taxi squad. So. I the way I understand it, tomorrow, the Golden Knights are gonna have to have another goalie on the roster, or on the taxi squad, I could I should say. So they could simply call up someone like Logan Thompson and sit him sure. on the bench and Robin Leonard's not back. Because Robin Leonard counts yeah. as one of those three right now because they didn't put him on IR or anything. Right. So I it could mean Robin Leonard is back. It could also mean they're just getting Oscar Dance some games and somebody else is gonna sit on the bench behind Flurry yeah. on Thursday. we we don't really know but i don't it, know it sounds like it's good news for robin Leonard. it seems yeah. like it's good news for robin Leonard, but it might ultimately just be hey oscar dance hasn't played in 11 months
0: let's let him play for once Was, is this just oscar dank's agent calling McPhee and say do you know he hasn't played since march can he get one game please i mean did, and maybe they forgot about him like maybe they forgot he hasn't played since March. They're like oh whoa whoa this guy hasn't played in a year we better get this guy some games
2: I'm out. Tickets for Golden Knights games in March will go on sale to the public on Thursday at 10 a.m. Season ticket holders have a chance to buy them this morning. uh, I think starting at 9 a.m. The ticket price, though, will start at one hundred and thirty five dollars. So they're going to have 15 percent capacity. So just a couple of thousand fans for games starting on March 1st. Uh,
0: 135 seems kind of low, right? This thing's going to be Harry Styles to teenagers, tickets on sale at 10 a.m., uh, sold out by 10.01. Uh, this this fan base has been waiting forever to get back to that arena, and if you're saying it's only, what, 15% and they all have to start at 135, these things will go immediately. So, yeah, I thought I thought 135, um, I thought they were really going to go high, and I think they'd get pretty much anything they asked if it's only 15%. You can definitely find enough fans for this team to pay what you want them to, so... Um, yeah, 135 I thought was a little low comparative to, you know, it's been the pandemic and trying to get money back. So, you know, uh, they definitely put it at a price point where they'll have no problem filling the 15%.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think they could have put it the cheapest was 500 and they would have sold out yeah. the the 2,000-something yeah. seat that they have. I, I don't think that would have been an issue at all. So I guess good for the golden knights or for the fan base that it's only or at least oh. starts i should say at 135 sure. like that's eh, a good thing if you're actually well, gonna good be for the, the fan base for sure yeah. Yeah. you're gonna be one of the ones that buys this ticket although i imagine i imagine 10 a.m on thursday there's gonna be a lot more frustrated people whose computer won't oh, yeah. load because they all sold yeah. out in 45 seconds
0: yes there will be people pounding that return button <laughs> uh throughout the valley to try to get uh, you know the uh, refresh on the uh on the site that will absolutely happen you will have a lot of bummed out people come thursday so what you're saying is somebody needs to invest in one of those bots that the people have been using in order to get the virus or get the vaccine
2: yes take a uh, golden Knights yes. tickets more important yes. than getting in line yes. for the vaccine <laughs> next question Luka Doncic hit a game-winning three in the final second to beat the Celtics yesterday. Luka had 31, 10, and eight yesterday. He also hit a three about 10 seconds earlier to give him a two-point lead before his game-winner. Here's, all right, here's what I need. The Mavericks right now are ninth in the West. I need the Mavericks in a playoff series. I don't, this whole play-in thing, I need them an actual seven-game playoff series because Luka is a ton of fun to watch. The problem, yeah, the Mavericks are, they're like top 10 in offensive rating this year. They're 25th in defensive rating. So can we get a little bit of defensive help to the Mavericks so we can make sure we get to watch Luka Doncic in an actual playoff series and not one of these play-ins games where they get one or two games and that's all we get of Luka?
0: I, I hope because you're you're exactly right. He's so incredible, fun, incredibly fun to watch. Like well, that shot last night is so him where... He has to create space to get it off and you always say boy look at how you know he he has this apparently slow shot and he does such a good job creating space like he did he's he's incredibly fun to watch one of the top two or three that you want to see and uh yeah i mean i it'd be great for them to get the playoffs uh i want to ask you real quick because i thought this was a joke and lebron actually said you're talking about the most disrespected player in the league this is where i have problems with the all-star game i have a lot of problems with the all-star game but when Chris Paul gets the nod over Devin Booker on that team. They, you know. Or And I know everyone wants to see Zion. So I know it's about the fans. Although, I'm sorry. I have, I think more fans would want to see Devin Booker anyway than Chris Paul at this point. But um, this is where I probably the All-Star game. I and mean, Devin Booker will probably make it for Anthony Davis. I'm sure he'll be the one they get. But where do you stand on All-Star like selection? Do you care at all? Or do you just say, okay, that's just absolutely preposterous they would make that decision?
2: Uh, no, I don't care too much. But I'll tell you this. Last year, the Suns, Without Chris Paul, tenth in the Western Conference. Right now, they're fourth in the Western Conference. Oh, Give all the credit to Chris Paul. It's all oh, him. God. It's all
0: Chris Paul. Jeez. they're gonna they're gonna oh. match their
2: win total like next month from yeah. last season. Yeah,
0: I I I'm gonna say it's more Devin Booker, but
2: <laughs> man, you know that's a great question. The NFL wants $3.5 billion for Monday Night Football. ESPN reportedly offered $2.4 billion, according to the Sports Business Journal. So you're looking at a gap of more than a billion dollars between what ESPN and the NFL would like to agree on for Monday Night Football broadcasting rights. The current deal was a $2 billion deal. And the question from this is, would another uh what another uh tv network pay 3.5 billion dollars
0: i'm not sure if espn is that far away that another would come up to three five um you know it's the nfl it's the most powerful league by far um i get all that but look tv's been hurt by this too i mean everyone in some level has been hurt by the pandemic so Right now, if someone's asking you for 3.5 billion, as incredible as the NFL is in terms of ratings and how big it is, if if they're that far apart with ESPN, I mean, could you really see someone else saying, "Yeah, we're going to give you the extra billion a year just to get you"? I don't, I don't know if that can happen. Now they might, they might top ESPN's offer of two four uh, with two seven, two eight, whatever. But to get all the way to three five, I'll tell you what: if any league in America obviously can do it, it's them. Um, but I don't even know if they can do it in these times. Oh, um, Yeah. I'm curious,
2: like, who would be the network that would do it? Like, would CBS, NBC, or Fox, like, would they add on to what they're already paying the NFL to get Monday Night Football, or would it be, like... I don't know, would there be some random channel Amazon that Prime. Like, I guess, yeah, Jared says Amazon. I don't know, it's just, I'm curious who would be the network that would do that, because the NFL already has deals with all the major networks. So, I don't know who that would be. Is it going to end up on Nickelodeon? Are we going to have Monday Night Football oh, on Nickelodeon? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. It would be I, awesome. Would be fun so i just i'm i'm curious who the other network who potentially would be bidding against espn for monday night football but what would be interesting is if somebody did espn would be completely out of broadcasting the nfl because that's all they have all they have is monday night football yeah. so you'd have yeah like what you know what's viewed as the biggest television network as far as sports goes not broadcasting the biggest sport
0: in america that'd be a i don't know so i think oh. they'd be fine but it'd be strange that's maybe why the NFL thinks they have the leverage, because they know that, and they say, okay, you don't want us at all then, and hoping ESPN would say, whoa, 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 we can't not have them, we cannot have an NFL presence, so maybe that's where this 3 five's coming from, and they threw the number out just to see what ESPN would say. So then ESPN leaked the number so that people would be like, oh, wow, that's outrageous. No, maybe. I mean, that's how maybe. I would play. I mean, that's how I'd negotiations, play
2: Negotiations, yeah. They're yeah. both outrageous, Jared. We're talking about 2.4 and 3.5 <laughs> billion. I don't even know what those numbers mean.
0: Oh, I. All I'm thinking is, it's too bad that Jeff Bezos left Amazon because he could just pay that out of pocket. <laughs> Great question.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
2: All right, we got to get to this one because it's been in the front page for a while. We just never get to it. Matthew Geating has committed to UNLV, a three-star quarterback. Ed,
0: get excited! That's More a great, stars. great question. More stars, That's Ed. The, uh, let's see. You've got them listed here now: Rogers, Brumfield, Freil, Geating. Who's your Who's your big prediction on who starts for the the mighty Rebels? Max Gillow. I've got I've got mine, <laughs> and I'll see if it's the same as yours. I've got. Mine. Uh, Justin Rogers is my prediction. Okay, I'm gonna say the Kings make the playoffs and Doug Brumfield starts it. Ooh, Doug Brumfield coming out of nowhere! It's a so coming out of I'll nowhere. say this about I'll say this about
2: Arroyo and quarterbacks. I don't know if anybody's any of these guys are gonna be good, but. I think the biggest mistake Tony Sanchez made in his recruiting when he was at UNLV was he got Armani Rodgers and he kind of stopped recruiting that position. It wasn't for another couple of years when he brought in Kenyon Oblak. He basically got Armani Rodgers and said, that's my quarterback. I'm good at that position. Marcus Arroyo keeps bringing in quarterbacks. And until you find one that you know is great, you need to keep bringing in quarterbacks. So I'm perfectly fine with him crowding the quarterback room until he finds that good one. Because that's – the UNLV needs that. They need a good quarterback. They haven't had great quarterback play in – well, I don't even know. When's the last time they had a great quarterback? I have no idea. A great
0: quarterback? Johnny Stern. A good, good quarterback. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is Blake Decker uh, good? Yeah, I I don't remember. John Denton? I don't know. (laughs) All right. You're asking for a good quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Above average.
2: Coming up next, we'll jump into the Golden Knights because Bill Foley had some interesting comments about Marc-Andre Fleury.
0: This whole narrative of, um, you know, LeBron needs more rest or I should take more rest or I should take time here, has become a lot bigger than what it actually really is. I've never talked about it. I don't talk about it. I don't believe in it. You know, I'm here to work. And I'm here to, to to punch my clock in and be available to my teammates. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff.
2: Jason Fitz is going to join us at 830. Ed and I are in our home, but Jared is in the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studio. Finley Toyota here for you at FinleyToyota.com. Some interesting comments from Bill Foley. He was on the Cam and Strick podcast and uh, talked about Marc-Andre Fleury. So the first quote here was uh, in regards to this offseason and the idea that the Golden Knights were trying to trade Marc-Andre Fleury. Here's what Foley said. There were discussions with a lot of different people with trying to create salary cap space. The trades that were sort of thrown around out there just made no sense. He never came really close to being part of a deal. I would have had a big problem with it if that had been presented to me. So what do you make of Bill Foley saying he would have had a big problem if a trade of Marc-Andre Fleury had been presented
0: to him? Well, okay. So I I listened to all this. I think, and we're going to go to his next statement in a second. I think everything's context here as to what he's saying, specifically what we're going to talk about in a minute. But he's playing really, really well right now. And there's nothing wrong with this. It's not like Bill Foley's any different from any other owner in this situation when asked about a guy who's playing really, really well. You don't, I don't think this want to give the insertion and insinuation that you would have been in favor of moving him. But I also believe that given they gave Leonard five for 25 and he put so much trust, which he probably should, I, I don't like micromanagers as owners. He hired George McPhee to run the organization. They've obviously done very well in that sense. They've been in the Stanley Cup final. They've been to the playoffs each year. I'm not so sure. He might have not liked it. I don't think he would have, um, eliminated. Like, I don't think he would have voted against it and then not be able to do it and say, Hey, you can't do this. I, and, it, and he shouldn't, if you put McPhee in that position and McCrimmon in those positions, you have to let them run the team. That's what the best owners do. So personally, he might've said, wow, i don't know about this because he's the face of the franchise he was our first expansion pick he took us to the cup finals but if push came to shove tyler and they said look we leonard's our guy we need to do this to make our team better i think he would have said fine in the end i just i can't believe he would have said you can't do this to the two guys he has put in charge to make those decisions
2: Right, that's the fascinating part to me is we've heard that the entire time that Bill Foley trusts in McPhee and McCrimmon, I and mean, yeah. he learns yeah. hockey from them, and he's you know right. he gives input, but he's he's listening he to them. And yeah. the idea that you know him saying he would have a big problem with it, it doesn't sound as though he would have stopped it. It sounds as though he you know wouldn't have been happy about Mark Andre right. Flurry getting traded away in the off season. But it, it sort of it raised the other question to me in the offseason – what did he say when they said we're signing Robin Leonard to a five-year deal? Because Foley's not stupid; he knows when you sign Robin Leonard to a five-year deal, that's not good news for Mark Andre Fleury. So I'm curious, what did he think when they signed Robin Leonard to a five-year deal? And I, you know, he approved that or whatever. However, that process works. How did
0: like what was his thought process then? It's a good question. I mean, I think again, I think he really trusts them, and and I think he thought, you know, he obviously he obviously saw the bubble. He obviously knew his head coach preferred Leonard. That That's not a secret. Everyone knows that. He obviously knew they were having discussions about moving Fleury, and they were trying to get someone to take that salary. So, again, personally, I'm sure he loves Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't think there's any question about that. They have a, probably a great personal relationship for all Fleury did for the franchise in the beginning. But if George McPhee said, we have to go this way, this is Pete's guy, You know, he's younger, he's been better. Here's the other thing. Look, and you've said it often. If you go to your owner and say, look, he's a better guy right now. We have the stats to prove it. The last two years, he's been better than Marc-Andre Fleury. Again, personally, you're probably feeling hurt because you love Marc-Andre Fleury. But I think you say, okay, if this is how you guys think we're going to win. And he's the best guy. Then on a hockey sense, then you do it. So I don't think he would have, You know, again, I don't think he would have said no to any of this if that's what they wanted to do. I just think he would have had personal feelings about a guy he probably feels really close to for what he did for his franchise.
2: Now, the other interesting quote from Foley uh, was that apparently he told Marc-Andre Fleury in an elevator at T-Mobile Arena uh, back early in year one after the expansion draft, I said, this is where you're going to be. You're going to get to love Vegas and Vegas is going to love you. I feel like I made a commitment to him at that point. So did Bill Foley make a commitment to Marc-Andre
0: Fleury three or four years ago in an elevator? Okay, so this is where the context comes in. This obviously happened, like you said, in the first year. It could have happened, for all we know, before the first game. Fleury's wife was with him. When you're saying things like, you're going to love Las Vegas, you're going to want to live here, that's very early i don't know when it happened who knows it could have happened on the expansion night i mean it could have been an elevator i don't know if she was with him. i assume he she was so look a lot of us say things four years ago that circumstances change and you have to change your mind so again i think it goes back to yes would he have been hurt personally if they had to move on from him from what he said to mark Andre of course i think he takes very seriously his players he treats them extremely well you know this is an owner who no matter what you think about the knights if you know how he treats his players they are treated top line 100 uh foley's as good an owner as when it comes so sure he would have said man you know i like to be a man of my word you know the whole military and all of that and the west point in him but this is about winning and i think in the end he might have felt badly for what he said but i think he would have done what mcfee wanted to do i and again i'll go back to this if you put those guys in charge, then let them do. And, and then it's on them. And then if you don't win, and then if it doesn't work, then they're in trouble. But until then, you let your people do what you want to do. Mark Davis is very much like that as well. He lets he lets Gruden Mayock handle it. I talked to Bill Lambert yesterday for something writing. Bill Lambeer, same with McPhee, said Mark Davis wants to be educated on women's basketball. I'm going to help educate him like McPhee has done for Foley. So I think Foley would have gone along with whatever his people said and probably felt bad about what was said, but it's still three or four years ago.
2: Do all roster decisions happen in elevators for the Golden Knights?
0: Well, that's, a, that's the best question of all of us. Because <laughs> we, we now have
2: two elevator stories where Bill Foley, Bill Foley feels like he committed to Marc-Andre Fleury for the yes. rest of his career in an elevator, and Brad Hunt found out he got traded to Minnesota in an elevator. So I'm just assuming all important meetings happen in an elevator.
0: Well, T-Mobile elevators go slow, so I'm sure there's a bunch of negotiations. You you and I have waited for that elevator to go up to five for a long time. So by the time it goes from ground floor to five, you could have signed a guy to a three-year deal and kind of had options and everything else before the doors open. Is the best source of information
2: about the Golden Knights the elevator attendant? Oh, yeah because yes. he's there for every yes. important decision that's being made. The elevator
0: attendant who's looking for straight and pretending not to listen knows everything. Uh, <laughs> that's who the beat writers go to. Hey Jimmy, what do you think? Did you hear anything? <laughs> Come on. I saw McPhee on that elevator. He was on the telephone. What's happening here? All right,
2: go to next. Jason Fitz joins the show.
1: Uh, I just smile because I know the greatness of LeBron. I know the greatness of my homes and uh, the big things that are winners. There's a lot of things I'm, I still need to accomplish to be even close to those guys, but I feel like the main thing is going to be winning. I'm looking forward to that challenge. I'm looking forward to be, you know, stay next to them. It's not about this year, and you know how they're mentioning. It's going to be how how they show, especially LeBron. LeBron, they show it every year, and that's going to be the big thing for me, showing it every year.
0: You're sitting in the press box with Grainy and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Granny and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
2: Joining us now is Jason Fitz. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Fitz and catch him on ESPN Radio uh, Spain and Fitz throughout the week. Jason, how are you this morning?
1: Jason? I'm doing great.
2: You guys doing Um, well? I'm good. We are. Uh, oh, yeah, I have an yeah. I have an important question for you. Do you believe Shaylene Woodley did not know who Aaron Rodgers was before dating him?
1: Uh, yes, only because I will tell you, there's probably about half of my friends that don't know who Aaron Rodgers is. So, you know, uh, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my best friends in the world, a guy named Taylor in Nashville, often jokes with me that if uh, if he doesn't if he's not on RuPaul's Drag Race, Taylor doesn't know who he is. So, you know, there's a whole. There's a whole entertainment community out there that, you know, Sheely Woodley's out there acting in movies and, like, saving the world and doing all her stuff. Like, maybe she's just not into sports. As weird as that sounds to most of us.
0: Now, I I, I guess I'll admit this. I mean, you always have to do some research as a reporter, so I Googled some stuff. Uh, She dated a really, really, I guess, top all-star rugby player. Does that make you maybe believe she kind of knew a little more
1: than she was letting on? No, that makes me think even, like, because let's face it, like, most of us don't know anybody in rugby, right? So that means she's, like, into refined weird sports. that Most of us, like, I, I'd love to follow rugby if I could ever understand it. Like, I just stand in a bar when it's going on, and I smile and nod and pretend, like, until there's a video game version that will teach me. Like, that's the lost, the lost art here. Like, if you don't know anything about football, you buy Madden. Madden will, like, walk you through, okay, here's how to play. In fact, if anybody's ever done the teach dive. Madden will even like teach you about coverages and, and you know, what to audible in depending on where the safety is lined up. You can do all that. I need that for rugby, frankly, in a way that would teach it to me from a video game standpoint, because then I think you'd be super into it. I wouldn't be any good at it, but I'd be super into it.
0: She likes no, guys shaped like a rectangle.
2: The the sport that, the sport that <laughs> needs to be explained to Americans, me included, by a video game, is cricket. Because I have no idea what the hell's going on in that sport.
1: Yeah, no, there's a reason that I never get to work on Sports Center International for ESPN. There's a couple reasons. One, cricket. Two, I can't pronounce anything, so you put some of those names in front of me that they have to do on that. Like, I'm really thankful that we don't cover a lot of hockey because, let's face it, for most of us, if you, like, I don't know how guys do it on the fly with that at all. I mean, if you're just suddenly seeing some of these names for the first time, they, I mean, they have to put Smith in my copy phonetically. So, like, I can't imagine having to get through, like, actual tough European names. I,
2: I'm curious, when, when you were on tour, Jason, was there ever a time where you were like, I, I need to like watch this sporting event? How the hell do you watch sports on tour, especially if a lot of people you work with don't even know who Aaron Rodgers is?
1: Well, and frankly, a lot of the guys, most of the guys I toured with did not care about sports at all. So uh, it was it was funny, but I will tell you that my favorite weird story, the um, the end of the Alabama-Auburn game a few years ago, uh, the kick six that turned into the touchdown, uh, a couple of the ben Perry, uh, a couple of the Perry brothers, uh, they're they're big Alabama fans. And so we were in Europe at the time and we were watching on like some random website that you try and get to, to let you watch college football game. We were on the bus and the bus was moving and we lost the game right before then. So like, as far as we knew, Alabama had won and it wasn't until the next day because we weren't anywhere with with good internet that we found out about the kick six. So, but a lot of times when you're on tour, if you're if you're out with, like, a, a bunch of nuts that are big on football, you know, Rascal Flatts always jokes that a, a tour bus driver will get fired for not parking somewhere with satellite service. But, man, I've sat on those buses where, you know, I'm sitting there right next to the bus driver. I'm like, back up, back up, back up. Okay, stop right there because there's two satellite dishes on a tour bus. So you got to make sure that they park somewhere backstage that you can actually get a clear view of the sky. Otherwise, you can't <laughs> watch football on Sundays. And that was not going to be an option for me ever.
0: Uh, uh, all right, then let me ask you this, because we had another uh, story about wives yesterday. If your wife ever tweeted in the morning, this is Jason's last year on TV, he's retiring as we speak, uh, much like Albert Pujols' wife, would you have a discussion, or would you have known that? That's The guys say that it's good she did it without him knowing. I say you're married that long, you probably discuss it. What about you and your wife? Would there be discussion, or would she just you know let the world know?
1: I mean... Uh, So I think you're both right. Like, there'd be a discussion. I don't know that I'd ever win the discussion, but there'd be a discussion, right? And, I mean, discussion being a loose loose statement there. But, you know, the other side of it is, what do you do that? how do you walk that back? Like, when your wife goes out and just tweets, like, he's done. This is his last year. Like, if there hasn't been a discussion, that's a a, a beast. And I always look back at, you know, Brady and Giselle and remembering that Brady, with all of the money he makes, he makes their fund money, their vacation fund money, because Giselle – is the one that actually makes the cash in that relationship. And she yes. came out pretty strongly that he shouldn't be playing any football. And so, like, if Brady can stand up to Giselle and say, no, I want to keep playing, then, you know, cool, maybe. could. But but you're fighting a losing fight. Like, I can't imagine, you know, if your bank account is stacked to that level and your wife just goes to Twitter and says, hey, he's done, then you're probably, you know, you gotta you got to weigh it. Your love of the game versus half of everything you own, like, I don't know, half of everything I own at that point probably wins out. Hold on. I I love
2: this hypothetical that she didn't even know he was planning to retire and she's just out here saying, no, no, you are going to retire. I'm making the decision
1: for you. I love this hypothetical because I hadn't considered that part of it yet. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I figure happens here. Like, you know, realistically, they sit down and have a really meaningful conversation about the possibilities. And then she's like, all right, if you won't listen to me, then I'll make it pressure filled and I'm just going to go to Twitter like that. That seems to make the most sense to me. I mean. It, it, that's only logical.
2: <laughs> she's out here Googling his contract to see when it's up. So when she can say, okay, now you're officially retiring because your contract's done.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, realistically, she's probably got a better handle on it than he does when it comes to that stuff. You know, I'm just <laughs> it, it, baseball players. are always like, I'm just all athletes. are like, I just worry about the game, whatever, whatever. But no, she, she's looking at it and saying, okay, how much longer do I have to deal with this BS? All right, great. You're done. We've got enough in the, the bank. You're done
0: i know you guys a uh, more serious topic i know you guys on spain and fist talked about this uh you hear tiger woods has the crash twitter goes nuts with the assumptions which you know we were saying earlier tyler and i were saying that's the irresponsible part of all of this where you start guessing and we talked about his his agency steinberg comes out with a pretty transparent uh statement last night about exactly what it was in his injuries are you surprised at that or is that good to get out in front of this because you know a lot of people are going to be thinking different things about tiger woods being in a car accident
1: yeah, I think it, especially because of the proximity and the time of year to, to Kobe, I think they had to get out in front of it because everybody sort of spiraled. But I, I, the dangerous part about it to me, guys, like being real is all we know, uh, you know, especially yesterday, all anybody knew is that he was in a car accident and sustained massive leg injuries that resulted in surgery. I was really stunned at the amount of people that I felt yesterday were sort of either eulogizing him or finishing his career or. The opposite saying, okay, well, what's it going to take for him to get back on the golf course? It's like, well, should we at least know the full extent of his injuries before we start having random hypotheticals? And that's one thing that, you know, I think Sarah's probably taught me uh, that, that I didn't really understand, you know, that you can wait on some of these conversations. And so that's what we elected to do last night. Like, let's report the news of what we know, how the accident happened. Let's all be honest about the fact that it's a, a shocking moment to hear from somebody that has the impact in pop culture and sports society that, that Tiger has. And those are great conversations to have. But to, to dip into the what's next in his legacy, can he get back on the on the course, and, you know, what has he done for golf? Like, he's not dead, and we don't know what the extent of his injuries are to his legs. So I'd rather wait until we have more information to start figuring that stuff out. And that's how we chose to handle it last night.
2: Yeah, uh, Do you have a list of things that Sarah Spain has taught you that you appreciate the most?
1: Um, well you know look I'm, i was already married when i got into that show so i already knew i was an idiot like that just comes like <laughs> i know i'm not going to win certain arguments Come on you know like uh no sarah i think the the funny thing is and a lot of people don't realize this the first when we were first paired together uh, for the first iteration of spain and fitz part of it was because i really i look at everything as entertainment right so we're doing what we're doing to help people escape and sarah looks at uh, at most things in those situations as, Opportunity. We have a a microphone and an opportunity to have real, deep, meaningful conversation. So part of the reason they teamed us together was there was a concept that the show needed. I needed some, you know, some knowledge on how to do the heavy stuff better, and I think she needed a little levity in the moment. And we've managed to accomplish that. Like she's actually, all all kidding aside, the reason I think I was capable of handling things like OTL over the last year uh, outside the lines for ESPN. Was because i learned on Spain and Fitz that you know i can find a way to have that voice and still be entertaining so you know that that's there's been really good for me last night thing i'm going to say about her all year though don't tell her <laughs> we won't don't worry
0: <laughs> uh we've been talking a lot of morning we we always want to get one question in here on the raiders in terms of because your uh your love for them um, I want to ask you this because it appears like the top three receivers are going to be tagged. Maybe not. Maybe not Allen Robinson. But everyone, we had Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. He said these guys might be tagged and traded. If if the top guys are gone and people like Will Fuller want seventeen million a year and all these next level guys want seventeen million, a year, how much are you willing to pay for a receiver? How much do they really need a guy in terms of the money comparative to what they need
1: defensively? And where? How far would you go with that? Look, I mean, realistically, there are so many young prospects that come out in the draft every year that, you know, typically what I would say to this is that, you know, I think, I think personally, wide receiver is going to be devalued over the next several years to the same level that running back has because any time that you're looking at Jamar Chase this year is going to come out in the draft and most think he's going to be better than any wide receiver that was drafted last year. But last year was supposed to be the best wide receiver class we've ever seen. I mean, what we have to acknowledge is that offensive coordinators have stolen so much from the college game to figure out what works to make quarterbacks successful more quickly. I mean, I, I think the wide receivers are a benefit to that. So, you know, for the Raiders particularly, typically I would say, you don't need to get into those heavy waters because if you're going to spend money, spend the money instead on the defensive side of the ball. The only problem is Raiders have so much youth at the position. They've got to have somebody. They've got to have somebody that can get into the, the building. So, In a beautiful world, they can convince uh, Aguilar to stay by paying him a little bit more than they probably feel comfortable with to to keep somebody they know in the building that can help continue to bring a presence. But other than that, I think the Raiders are probably going to be not a day one wide receiver uh, free agent type team. They're going to they're going to be looking for somebody that's had a a moderate level of success, and they're going to bring that person in on a one year deal like they did with Aguilar. Like I think that's the new future for a lot of pro uh, for a lot of high level wide receivers is. They're going to be looking at one- and two-year deals where they can sort of teach the rest of the room how to be great. But realistically, you're going to be able to find a difference maker in the NFL draft in the second round again this year, wide receiver if you want to. So you got to value the position and figure out you know how you can bring a little leadership in but also make the room a little bit better.
2: Well, he is Jason Fetz. Again, hear him on Spain. And Fetz, follow him on Twitter at uh, Jason Fetz. Jason, we appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Jason. Always appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Thanks. You too.
2: Jason Fitz I'm glad we got that we got the beep in there Jared we he hung up quick there he was he was yeah. off the phone ready to go
0: all right I'm, I'm coming up I'm next still, I'm still questioning by the way she dated the rugby player if she's telling us the truth I mean listen if she's from England right she might not, uh, might yeah. not know anything I, about I mean America she didn't have football. an English accent I, I mean um, I don't know we're, she's we're guessing uh, yeah I'll question that also about her hair I mean I'll say to be fair <laughs> to
2: Shailene Woodley I didn't know who Shailene Woodley was until this week. So
0: if I don't yeah, know I who no she idea. is, no. I can I can understand her not knowing who Aaron Rodgers no is. No idea who she is. Yeah. No, so, I no first time I saw the name, I had no clue. So yeah,
2: I don't know who it is. I can understand her not knowing Aaron Rodgers. All right, we're giving our sharp a mulligan because we feel nice again? today. Yes, again, all the mulligans. <laughs> we're just gonna go. It's not it's not a sharp anymore. It's kinda dull. It's We've a mulligan dull at this point with all the mulligans. <laughs>
0: It's time to find the shark, Brought to you by PropSwap, where
1: smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds.
2: All right, we're giving Tom a mulligan today. Uh, St. John's did not cover yesterday, but that's okay. Tom is back. Tom, are you ready for your mulligan?
1: Yeah, they weren't even close, man. That was no. embarrassing. Uh, not at all. Still giving not you not the mulligan, that. though. <laughs> So here's right. what we're
2: going to do. There are two Champions League games today at noon. All you are right. going to pick the winners of both of those games. And if you get oh. both correct, oh. you'll be back tomorrow. Now, I do want to let you know, you can also pick them to end in a tie. So it's, yeah. win- okay. it's it'll be a winner or a tie. So the first game is Atalanta against Real Madrid. Um... I will take Real Madrid. All right. And then the second one is Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City.
1: How do you say that? Say that again.
2: Borussia
1: Mönchengladbach. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to hear you say it again. (laughs) Um, Okay. I will take uh, them. How can I not? Okay. Borussia
0: Mönchengladbach. I like that pick. That's a fun one. All right. So – It doesn't matter, Tommy. You lose both. You lose both. We'll have you back
1: tomorrow. (laughs) Roger that. Roger that.
0: Thanks, Tom. We appreciate it.
1: All right. Thanks, Tyler.
0: So there is Tom. Tom didn't go go past the rule. Tom didn't go with the rule that at any time, if you hear Real or City, pick them. And you have a chance. You at least have a chance. He's got a chance, Ed. He picked Real Madrid, right? Yeah.
2: He did. An update here. Um, on our Champions League bet, for those of you that don't know, we bet lunch on the Champions League. I have Bayern Munich. They beat Lazio yesterday, four to one. They got four crucial away goals, Ed. Those massive yeah. away goals. Oh. Uh, Ed has Manchester City, who plays today against Borussia Um So Man City's—they're they're favored to win this one. They should. It's a two-leg tie, by the way. You got to play today, and then you play in two weeks again before you advance. Um, so they play today, and Jared has the field. So if anybody besides Man City.
0: Dwindling or Bayern, field.
2: Well, it was always going to dwindle. What do, you, what, what, what do you think was going to happen here, Jared? I so, wanted my
0: lunch now.
2: If anybody besides Bayern Munich or Manchester City win, Jared gets free lunch out of us because I, I don't know. I don't know how he conned us into this. But that's our Champions League bet. However, I have a beef with replay and uefa so yesterday yesterday i'm watching myself i'm watching chelsea play atletico madrid and chelsea scores but it's the the goal is ruled offside so it's not a goal but before they restart play var comes in and they start checking the goal to see if it actually was offsides And there's about a two-minute review. That's about how long this took. During this entire two-minute review, we did not see a single replay of the play that they were reviewing. We literally got two minutes of the referee putting his finger to his ear to listen to somebody tell him whether or not this was going to be a good goal or not. For two minutes, this went on before they finally showed a replay after they awarded the goal they overturned the call they awarded the goal and then they showed some replays and this is the second time this was ha- this happened last week I'm watching a Europa League game again there's a goal that's being challenged with VAR for offsides and they just don't show a replay what the hell is happening here where we don't show replays while plays are being reviewed? It's the one time you should only be showing replays is when a plays under review.
0: No, oh, wait, I just unmuted. Okay. Um, yes, yes, I agree. Imagine, imagine <laughs> watching an NFL game,
2: a coach throws a challenge flag and you just oh. don't see a review. The ref just comes out, you never see a replay, and you, you just hear, oh, we overturned the call, and then we're just on to hey, the next
0: play. It's like the NHL with injuries. Sometimes you don't get what you want. <laughs> I'm, very, very, I'm very worried about you that this – well, I'm worried about you about a lot of things, but when you come – when you get this upset about these things, uh, it just it's time for you to order some more Chick-fil-A and get back into your good good part of life, your, your, good, your, your good part. Watching soccer is the good part
2: of life. Just show me a damn <laughs> replay. It's not that hard, because here's what here, here's what happens. For whatever reason, uh, UEFA for the Champions League and for uh, the Europa League, they just have, they send a camera crew, and then that camera crew sends the the, the footage out to all their TV partners across the world, because it's broadcast all across the world. So, like, here in the U.S., you're watching it on CBS Sports Network, they have no control over the replay. It's up to whoever the hell's on site for UEFA that's doing it. So there's no control for CBS yeah. Sports Network to show a replay. It's so annoying. Even yesterday, while I'm watching it during this two minute review, the announcers even said at one point, "It'd be nice to see a replay because we didn't see a damn replay."
0: Is this what you were watching last night?
2: No, this was at noon yesterday. I was very
0: angry oh. at noon. Well, Last night I watched the uh, Woody Allen Mia Farrow documentary. I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you—we have, have got to get you away from this soccer stuff. No, uh, no chance. No. Why would I want to get away? Jared, from this soccer what were you watching stuff? last night? I passed out around 1 p.m. and woke up this morning around 4 a.m. to get the show ready. So, I slept for like 15 hours.
2: Oh uh, God. Jared sleeps one day a week. That's his sleep schedule. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't sleep any other days, but he'll sleep for Ugh. 14 hours straight. And you know what, Jared? During the entire time you slept, not a single damn replay was shown of that offsides or not. Oh, man. You could still be gonna... sleeping, and they wouldn't show the damn replay. Unbelievable. <sighs> Give me some more replays. I watched basketball last night, though. I
0: watched old Miss yeah, I Missouri did. No. in
2: basketball.
0: Um. Yeah, I watched the documentary, and then I went over to the Clipper game. Uh, so that was that wasn't very interesting against Washington, and uh, then it was time for uh, that's it for tonight. I I walked in, the, the wife was watching replay American Idol. At that point, the lights go off and it's over for me. Listen, can't, can't Ed, at
2: that. noon at noon today, you can watch Man City play Borussia Mönchengladbach. No, I
0: feel too good about the boys today. It's that, that's that's going to be an easy win. I'll start uh, watching them when they play somebody.
2: Or Atalanta and Real Madrid. That one should actually be fun. Noon, watch it!